Pan-African Connect on cliffcentral.com. It is Monday afternoon at 3 p.m. My name is Rosie Motena, a.k.a. the Afro-Yiddish Princess. Welcome to another show titled Pan-African Connect, where I look to the four corners of our beautiful continent, talk to amazing people about love, career, tradition, culture, weather, politics, anything you name it, but it has to be pertinent to our African continent. If you want to uh, call in, the number is 0861 on Twitter, my personal Twitter handle is Princess RTM. And of course, we're on Facebook, WeChat, and Instagram under the, the specific names Cliff Central and, of course, Rosie Motene. Today, we are looking to Botswana. But before we even get into who we're going to be talking about and what's happening in Botswana, as always, we start the show with this. Yeah, uh-huh, you know what it is. Yeah, uh-huh. 
Welcome back to the show. My name is Rosie Mutena, a.k.a. the Afro-Yiddish Princess. Welcome to my show titled Pan-African Connect. Every week I connect to a different country on our continent, speak to amazing people. We talk about love. We talk about tradition. We talk about culture. We talk about activism. Anything that's, that's interesting, that's pertinent to our continent, we are going to discuss it on the show. And today we are heading to Botswana. One of my most favorite countries in Africa. In fact, you know, I think I start every show that that, that that country is one of my most favorite because there isn't a country that I haven't visited in Africa that I haven't had some form of connection to. But before I introduce my, my next guest, I just want to read you this powerful piece of writing. A sandy stream where wild creatures dream. Mirage music in silence with thirst lips. A bed of diamonds. Feeble breezes kiss the dazzling sand, dancing melodically, with every twirl giving birth to prodigious mounts, a brown desert crown. The, the slow sun scotches the sand, the warm wind whisks the whiff of baked sand, an aroma of how the sun loved the earth. A blanket of stars ride a horizon of dunes, surround a crystal moon like a bride. Desert stars love and care as a teeming thoroughfare lead colors of your mind on desert summer night. Cactus and animal thorns in river, in, in river, in river of torrent gutters. The sand gathers berries, hunt springboks, dinner under the sun. I have on the line recording poet, singer, dancer, image model, activist. She hails from Khabarone, Botswana. She has a bachelor degree in arts, specializing in English poetry. She also has a, a certificate in German. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Miss Berry Hart. How are you, darling? Good afternoon, Rosie, and thank you for inviting me this afternoon. It's only a pleasure. How How is Khabarone doing today? Is it as hot as Johannesburg? It's blazing hot. I think you guys are slightly five or two degrees um, um, cooler than Botswana. Yeah. So, Barry, before we get into to all of the work that that, that 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 you've done and the most amazing work and how your brand has become global, where did it all begin? Where where in Botswana were you actually born? Uh, I was born in a settlement called Magharat, which is actually in the Galhari. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a very, very small settlement, which is not even recognized as a village. So there is no water, there is no electricity, no schools, no kids. So it's actually a settlement in the desert and, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And what languages did you grow up speaking? I, I speak Kik languages, which are actually one of the... Um, Southern Africa's first language, which is the Kalahadi. Mm -hmm. Then there is English, Kalahadi is my mother tongue. There is English because Kalahadi is my mother tongue, is not part of the school. So I was supposed to speak English at a very young age, then Botswana as well. Mm -hmm. So I had to, le to learn both Botswana and English when I went to school because my mother tongue was not uh, um, taught in school, even now. And then there is when I got into international languages like French and uh, German at a later stage in life. Mm. And now you say that that even up until now the mother tongue um, isn't isn't on the curriculum. Is it, is it something that the Botswana government are looking at incorporating? Because I mean, although your village was small, but you are still part of of of, of the bigger picture in terms of Botswana. Oh yes, um, <clears throat> my language is not even. Put in the curriculum right now, and generally the reason why 
uh, where I'm from. Actually, in the last settlement, I'm the only one who is into tertiary school. Mm-hmm. Um, but the situation is that uh, we're far from school, far from any type of development. And um, also that the language is not used. So a lot of girls, uh, boys and girls, get intimidated when they go to school and they see that a total, a total different language is being used to, to, to education. Mm. And let's 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 start with your poetry. And I remember you telling a story, and in fact, it was even um, on the CNN interview. But telling a beautiful story about about your grandmother um, relaying uh, old Botswana folktale. Do you want to do want to tell our, our, our listeners a little bit about that? Yes, that is very important because it changed my poetry um, to, a, to a greater extent. Because uh, in my culture, in the evenings, like. Um, we don't go to discos and, and parties. What we do is my grandmother will gather us around fire and then she will tell us stories. And these are stories that guided me today because of the messages that um, it incorporated or the themes of those uh, stories. Um, she used to tell us those stories that um, it's, it's actually stories, it's just poetry, you know, in my mother tongue. It is just so beautiful because it has songs, it has messages. Mm. I, um, that is where my poetry really started because that is why I said, but I can't do storytelling, I can do poetry. Although there is a thin line between poetry and, and uh, storytelling, but I must say that my grandmother's storytelling played a very, very critical role in, in, in the poet that I am today or the woman that I am today. Yeah. What what type of messages did she did she put through through her storytelling? What type of lessons? What type of messages? Oh, messages were usually about uh, young girls, um, the beauty of a young girl. They were about taking care of, of of the less privileged or people born with disability or respecting the elders. You know, um, and also that how in some of them to a great extent got something like gender-based violence, how girls are, sh- are supposed to be safe, you know, mm. different different things, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. And do you remember one of the first poems that you that you ever wrote? Uh, you don't, I mean, you don't have to recite the whole poem, but do you remember the context of what it was about? Yes, it, 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 it was about June 16th, mm-hmm. really. Because as you know that whatever that happened back in the days uh, in South Africa, uh, South Africa has been has always been um, a, a, a sister to Botswana. You know, everything that happened somehow, um, Botswana knew about it even uh, to a great extent. So, what happened in June 16 in South Africa back in the day? We used to even now we still celebrate June 16 as the Day of the African Child. Mm. So that poem was about uh, the Day of the African Child, of how we are supposed to, you, you know. Mm. The whole idea around um, the June 16. I will look for it one day because this is the second time I'm being asked about that poem. Yeah. I have to look for it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, there's obviously a reason it's going to be coming up again at, at some point. And and um, when you were at university, one one of the things that you you did delve into was 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 gender studies. Now looking back to when you were studying, what were the issues um, revolving around around gender issues and women's issues in Botswana? Um, my country has been really backward in terms of, of, of women issues. Mm-hmm. I'll just give you examples that um, only recently or recent years, women are allowed to go to school 
women are allowed to inherit the 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 state the estate of the family. Women are only allowed to be chiefs at this moment in time. But something that was very different, or even uh, inherit, or even um, make any decisions. You know, as mm-hmm. you know that at the moment Botswana is one of those countries in Africa with very little women in high positions. Yeah. In Parliament, I think we have only two or three women in, in Botswana. And it has been like that as long as I, I have, I've lived. Uh, we haven't had um, women in, in, in Parliament, more than five women in Parliament and just at the same time. Mm. And that is that is the culture that was there. Women were, were only seen as, as um, household um, people that were supposed to take care of the household and that was it. And it limited a lot of women. And only um, a, a movement of women like Emam Basaji, Alice Mogwai, and what you call Master Chayolo, these are the women who came uh, with um, ideas, they came with uh, women empowerment, they came with mm. gender equality, that is when everything changed. They really fought because I remember that a lawyer, a female lawyer and a male lawyer will do the same job but not and the same. A, a female lawyer will and um less than the male or a male doctor. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you, although that's happening in Botswana, that's, I mean, those, those, those uh, parameters and those things are, are actually are happening worldwide. And I know for a fact, and I'm yes. not saying every law firm is like that, but, but there are such scenarios where male counterparts are earning a substantial amount much, much higher than what their female are. You know, and I think those are, those are some of the other barriers that, that we need to, which we still need to break through. But going back to the women of Botswana, because if you look at your education system and if you look at the education system for a lot of the SADC countries, uh, uh, Zimbabwe also, the level of education is incredibly, incredibly high. So if women are going to universities and they're getting their degrees, are they not utilizing that or they're just going back to like their traditional cultural way? Um, we are utilizing it. Like I tell you now, the situation, we used not to have a woman. Um, as a CEO and stuff like that. But right now, most of the CEOs are females, ministers are females. Um, we just had, for the first time, um, Margaret Nasha as, as the, the Madam Speaker of the Parliament. You know what I mean? We're yeah. having female lawyers. And you're having people like Barry Hart who are actually doing it in the arts industry because in the arts industry, even in, in, at this moment in time, it's very difficult for a woman. But now you have women like Barry Hart who are actually saying a woman can do everything, a woman can be a leader. Yeah. And what I found really, really admirable, and 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 it's, I'm sure it's also a great honor for you, is that one of your poems, or at least a couple of your poems, are used in the curriculum at at the University of Botswana. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, Child of My Mother. Yes. Um, this is one of the poems that I, I think you really enjoyed last time when we were here in Botswana in the album launch. Yes. Uh, Child of My Mother. And um, this poem, I wrote it for, um, you know, usually... When we go for um, elections, we have girls being murdered and raped, and we have girls. A month of November for a girl child in Botswana. I'll be. I'll talk about Botswana this particular this at this particular time because I know and I have newspapers and I have I've done research on that. The the, the 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 month where women are raped and murdered is November month, and that is um, very painful because of the 16 days of activism against violence in women and children. And then I wrote a poem entitled Child of My Mother, where I'm actually speaking to the souls of these married girls. I'm t- talking to, telling them that it will be okay and mm. how 
when they will own their bodies and stuff like that, trying to sensitize gender-based violence of that sort. Yeah. And what if, I mean, so, we, we know that, that you know, and, and um, I mean, I've, bear testament to it of of being there and, and having to deal with police not taking taking heed when it comes to 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 um reporting on on violent issues especially when it comes to women uh, i know you're breaking through making like making a lot of bar- breaking through a lot of barriers but uh, what are the changes that have happened over the last 10 to 15 years of people actually acknowledging that that it is a problem Oh, yes. Uh, right now, I can just say, although it's not satisfactory, so, um, I think now it's very... The, 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 my country is, 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 is really trying, it's moving towards uh, gender equality. Now it's recognizing women and now it can hear women. Mm. Although it's still at infancy stage, I'll give you an example. When you record as a woman, if the, the police intimidate you, because sometimes they'll try to intimidate you, they try to intimidate me, yeah. Early this year when I was reporting about the violence and racism issue. Yeah. But then after they realized that I cannot drop my case and that I was not like any other woman but very hard that is when they started helping. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, how many women have been so intimidated and they have went home without registering their cases? Mm. Well, I mean, we 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 okay. witnessed that like two years ago when when that incident happened with me and Basal, and and on Twitter feed people were saying, well, you know, why is it if women are being beaten up every single day, why is it a big thing because it's happened to Rosie Mudene, you know, and and why does Barry Hart have to bring uh, Botswana into this, and you know, the, and trying to have dialogue with people about that about the issues that yes, it's happening, but if 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 it's happened to one person, we should all be screaming. You know, and and that's what that's what it made me realize that a lot of people, especially from Botswana, young women, are not talking about it because they feel that they don't have a voice. Yes, it's because they have been silenced and they have thought that they have been brainwashed and taught that it's okay to be part of, it's okay to be degraded with insults and and and, and all sorts of things. But the reason why I could not at any given point say, even I'm proud of it, that. This happened to my sister, and I do not want my country to be. You know what I mean? Mm, mm. It's because I am first a woman before I am a Motswana. Yeah. I am a, a human being, and I'm a woman, and certainly the reason I am a Motswana, among other things. Yeah. And whatever happens to a woman can happen to me. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because you remember that even after two years, the very same thing happened to me. Mm. Not because I am a Motswana or South African, or just because... I'm a woman. Yeah. And whatever that happens to a woman, I shouldn't uh, look at it with a blind eye. I sh- it, sh- it should really concern me. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. I-, I can't protect the country more than I can can, can protect women. Yeah. Women are supposed to be protected first before you can protect the country. We have those issues that are not reported in the Sana and Christianity. Somehow, um, we do not report such issues because we want the world out there to see us as as um, a very perfect country, but what is happening behind closed doors of a reality? Mm. Yeah, and and it goes back to that 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 old adage of of people saying, "Okay, well, don't hang your dirty laundry out," and you know, and and it, for me, it's 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 not my dirty laundry because I didn't dirty it. So 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 if something's happening yes. within my home that is negative or wrong, I have every right to talk about it. You know, and and somebody else said uh, once okay. said to me, "Well." 
you know, the old African ways that it takes a village to, to, to raise our children and we will protect our children. But that's changed because we've got, we've got uncles and brothers and, and fathers who are raping our children in that village. So, you know what I mean? In, in terms of, of the, the, the tradition and culture, we need to relook at that in a sensitive and, and, and respectful manner, but relook at those as those type of issues. But going back, where did your, your, um, your activism actually stem from? You know, you know, it's very, very difficult to say this is where my activism started because I grew up around women being bad. Remember when you're from a settlement, you're mm-hmm. thinking about where, you know, after drinking, women will be battered. I saw that from a very young age. And even at school, when boys tried bullying me, I used to beat them so hard. I used to protect girls in my class. I, was, I remember one good day this guy used to, to, to beat guys and everything. And then I told those girls, well, can't the guys, why can't we just beat this guy, all of us? And they were scared. I remember one day this boy tried to mess with me. I beat him up. I locked up the classroom with full of 30 students and I walloped him. I took the broomstick. I beat him to the house up until he escaped through the window. And since then, he stopped bullying girls. Yeah. I have always been an expert. But, of course, as you grow and as you become a public figure, then people will think that you started that or maybe when you started working with the United Nations or, or Gender Affairs or yeah. Ministry of Labor and Home Affairs. But I've always been an activist. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely something that's, that's in your blood and you've got to be passionate about it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be carried out through every, every part of your life. And I mean, you, you've, exactly. the, the beauty about your brand is that you've combined your activism with a lot of your art form. Um, and I remember you, a couple of years ago, you were given a contract from the European Human Rights um, Commission. What was that contract about and, and, and what, what was your mandate? I did not get that one properly. The, 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 European, think, uh, the, the, the European Union Human Rights Contract that, that, that you Oh, okay, mm. yes. Um, there is a subsequent gentleman called Mascati, who is um, um, actually the, the predecessor of the current um, ambassador mm-hmm. for, 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 for European Union persona. And he has seen me do a lot of events uh, with the Gender Affairs Department and the Ministry of Labor and Home Affairs. And he could see that most of my poems were, they were against they were for women empowerment. They were talking about women rights, you know, stuff like that. So he he thought that um, there is a project coming in the next month. So he thought, you know, I'm supposed to advertise this, but why should I advertise it when I know that the right person that I've been seeing several times in events doing, I've never seen an artist in Botswana getting worried about gender-based violence, but there's a lot of it mm-hmm. behind closed doors that we know about it. So we are going. We are going to be our, our spokesperson in the European Union Human Rights Policy. So actually, basically, I was just having events, and um, they gave um, um, some sponsorship to to three organizations. Like uh, the other one was our beautiful Windows Shelter that that, that does amazing stuff mm-hmm. uh, to women who are homeless or those that are abused. Mm-hmm. And Usually when we had events, uh, I, was, I, was, I was doing shows for, for, for them and speaking on that behalf as a poet, uh, right. as, as a public figure about gender-based violence. It was basically that. Mm. And and with, I mean, one of the shelters which, which I always support when I'm there is the Gahisano, Gahisano Women's Shelter. Um, and 
I mean, it's amazing work that what they're doing for these women and getting out of the environments. But do they have a longevity plan? Because, I mean, although the woman is taken out of the, the, the abusive environment and then she's taken to a place of safety and, of course, there's a whole upliftment program and so forth. But is there a longevity plan of getting the woman into the workplace, getting her a place of her own, that type of thing? Um, or is that still something that we need to work on? Yes, um, um, women's shelter is um, a lot. If I got, got the question, question right, I don't know what is happening to the network. Mm. But uh, women's shelter and other organizations do need a lot of, lot of sponsorship. Um, I don't think what I'm getting is enough. Yeah. Uh, what we should be doing now, we should just start with education for the girl child at a very young age, teaching the girl child how to be independent. Yeah. That is very important. And then at a later stage when that happens, I mean, you giving me accommodation, Rosie, when I, I, I'm in a situation, you are not helping me um, in the long term. That's a mm. short term mm. help, you know. But when I do things that, that are going to make you have your own accommodation, your own job, be yeah. independent, then I'm changing the world. They say, teach a woman, then we have really taught the whole generation. But I think it really should start at a very young age. We should teach the girl child to go to school, to, to be independent, to be mm. involved in business and oh, good jobs, you know what I mean? Because yeah. at the end of the day, of the entrepreneurs. Yeah. And also just by also educating well, young girls from a young age that um, it's okay to be educated. It's okay to, to have an opinion. In fact, it's a lot sexier than, than, than showing off your cleavage or showing off your thighs, you know, um, mm. because, I mean, if you look at the mainstream, mainstream media, that is what's been pushed out. And, and I suppose, you know, if, and also another thing which, which is very, very important and people always say, well, why didn't she leave? If you've been broken down on an emotional and psychological level to such an extent that you've been told that you're an idiot or you're fat or you're stupid and so forth, how are you going to get up and go yes. because you don't think that you have the courage? You don't believe in that. You, you think you don't have a voice. You know, that is think, a very important point, Rosie. Rosie? Yes. That's a very important point that you have, you have uh, raised. You mm. know what I mean? And mm. it nearly brings tears to my eyes because... Um, we, we, that is why I said we have to start it at, at a very young age. We should tell our little girls you, because our society teaches girls to be to be um, educated, but not too educated. Yeah. It teaches our our girls our girls to be successful, but not too successful because we can intimidate men and we can't get married. Mm. That's the whole idea. They want you to be average. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they they will tell you that you are not so beautiful. You know, even um. Yeah, I, I remember very well that um, my, my 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 aunt used to to think that she's playing with me because my mom's side is is is, is more like the Khoisan and 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 the Kalahari, so they are light skinned. I don't know if you know the history of of of, of Bakalahari Basara. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why they are light skinned. Right. It's, it's, it's the history history is more that they used to be raped by 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 the white South Africans that invaded the land. Okay. That's the that's the whole idea behind it and. Um, they are products of race, that, so they, they are more of red skin. But my father is from the northern side of Botswana, so he's darker. And I came up a little darker than anybody else in the family. I remember that up until I told my father, and he told my aunt not to call me that. They used to call me different, uh, like Mutebele, you know. Mm. In, in, in my culture, when somebody says Mutebele, it's more often 
and insults because they're not saying you are better, but they're saying all of them because you are darker uh-huh. or you charcoal. They used to call me charcoal or something like that. But then, or the black one. Mm. So then I told my father about it and he stopped it. And I remember that that was the last time I heard anybody calling me that, that, that name. And I am telling you that if that would have gone to an acceptance, I was going to believe that because I'm darker, I'm not um, the most beautiful one. You know yeah. what or I mean? Or you're not that worthy, not yeah. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? Mm. So... That, that, that's it. It's, it's, it's all starts from a young age. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's just like planted that seed of what you're going to put into a child's head. But we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to listen to Taste of Love by Barry Hart. If you want to call in, the number is 0861-555-189. And of course, we're on Twitter at CliffCentral.com or Princess RTM or Barry Hart Poet on Twitter if you want to ask any questions or, or if I'm leaving anything out. Uh, we'll take a quick break, listen to a song, and then get back into Berry Hart's brand and how, how her brand's gone international. But after this. Good morning, gold MacBook. And you, silver MacBook. And you, space gray MacBook. Let me finish. You're all just so beautiful. Just look at your 12-inch retina display and force-touch trackpad. Sleep now, my lovelies. I need to tell South Africa where to buy you. Introducing the all-new 12-inch MacBook, now thinner and lighter than ever, and available at iStore. Why would you go anywhere else? Visit myistore.co.za for more info. T's and C's apply. Pan-African Connect on cliffcentral.com Beautiful sounds of very heart, taste of love, all the way from Botswana. Welcome back to the show. My name is Rosie Motena, a.k.a. the Afro-Yiddish Princess. Welcome to my show called Pan-African Connect, where we connect with people all around our beautiful continent, talking about love, tradition, culture, career, uh, uh, traditions, as I said. And today we're focusing on Botswana and... Uh, she's definitely, definitely the pearl of Botswana, and it's Berry Hart. Berry, your your the the song that we just played now, "Taste of Love." When was the when did you record that? Say that again, Rosie. The 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 song we just played now, "Taste of Love." When did when did you record that? I recorded that both in Botswana and Germany. Mm-hmm. And and who yes. and who did you collaborate with? In the very same song, yes. or you mean in the album? The song it is just very hard. I'm not featuring any artists. Yeah, but in the but the but the whole album, you've got a couple of other collaborations. Yes, I have lots of collaborations because I've realized that when you work with different artists, mm-hmm. they take the best out of you and they take you out of your comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. But going back to some of your your other work, uh, one of my favorite is Children of Maui, which which you launched in twenty twelve. What 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 was the what was it? What was the idea and inspiration behind that? Um, Children of Maui means really is a Chichawa word meaning um, tomorrow. But mm-hmm. when you say Children of Tomorrow, is because um, children of the moment um, are supposed to to be like children of tomorrow. Like in my dreams, I dream of ch- children. Who grow who grow from um, a, 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 an abuse zero abuse um, environment. I want children that grow around um, environments where there is equal opportunities for boy, the boy and the girl child. Mm-hmm. That is what I call the whole album "Children of Mawa." It, 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 it talks about uh, women empowerment and um, against gender um, violence 
from the first track to the last track in a different in different way. Mm. And you have, I mean, you, you, you get invited to festivals all around the world. Uh, uh, last year, I mean, you were in Kenya. You've come to South Africa many a times. Let's talk about the, the Kritia Poetry Festival, which happened in India. Uh, you were, you were, you were selected out of a lot of people to, to represent your country. Tell us more about that. Um, you, you, you're talking about, did you, did you ask that, um, um, I've been traveling around the, around the world, including yeah. South Africa? Yeah, but we, we, we're going to focus uh, more on your India trip. Okay, India. That was the ninth edition of the Kripia International Poetry Festival. Yeah. Which is, which is actually one of my best, um, voyages so far. Wow. Why is that? Um, because, you know, I've always had, I went to an Indian school at a certain point mm-hmm. and, um, I've always been around Indians because where I grew up, um, there was in- Indians around. Mm-hmm. That's when in- Indians really came to Botswana and really conquered the, the business industry because right now they're the most successful business people in Botswana. Okay. And, um, I've always had something about India, but when I wrote, um, January last year, we launched an anthology where I was, I was writing with Indian poems, poets in the thing, in the world, um, the, the movement for, for, for poets around the world who speak uh, against abuse, against um, um, disrespect of humanity, against killings of humanity, you know. Just, we, we, we speak peace in our poetry. So what was happening in Afghanistan with the, the Zahara people, I, 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 I know that you know about that. Mm. So we, we wrote an anthology that was raising funds for, 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 for the, the, the Zahara community. Wow. Then we launched it, they launched it there in Afghanistan in, 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 in January uh, 2014. So then later on, when they started getting copies from, for themselves around the world, the, the organizer of the International Culture Festival, uh, Sabrina, they say, mm. she's the one who invited me because she read my works and she said, you know, when you, you come across, um, Rosie Mortini, the best way to do is just to Google, to read, to listen to the, my music because my music is there, especially Children of Mawa, which is one of my best productions yeah. that I started, um, putting on iTunes and Amazon and other children's 60 websites. So she, she was really impressed about how I make my poetry with um, sort of stage drama, dance, and and music. And she she thought, you are doing poetry differently. What we want you to do is, uh, we, we're inviting you to Kritia Poetry Festival, and also we want a younger person, because the reason why most of the time the university students don't like it is because old people or professors mm. are reading them poetry. So with you, you are going to bring the energy and the purpose, and that's exactly what I did. Um, and India is so amazing, you know, <laughs> so totally different from Botswana. It's so congested, and these small cars, I forgot what they are called, so just <laughs> totally different and amazing. <laughs> and I like the way they dress, you know, the men, the gentlemen just take the cloth around, and they move bare-breasted, or should I say top-heads, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there's, yeah, there's a different level so of freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was like, you can work in, walk around town as a, as a Mutuana man with topless, you know what I mean? <laughs> but these guys are just, oh, just, just really, really, really 
different and interesting. Oh my God, I love India. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that freedom of expression. But but that's so beauty beautiful about actually just traveling to 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 different um, cultures or tradition different traditions is that you you realize how we are so alike, but at the same time there are just certain things that that what happened in one country can never happen in your own home. Exactly. Um, you know, traveling around, most importantly, because I'm a, ling- I'm, I'm a linguist and I, I'm a multilingual um, poet, is mm. because it teaches you tolerance. Yeah. Learning and tolerating other people's culture is very important as a citizen of the world. Yeah. Because then you will know that in India, I have to dress in this way. Yeah. In South Africa, I have to dress this way, and I shouldn't say this. Mm. In Kenya, this is what I do. And I want to tell you something. Zimbabwe is, is, is my neighbor. When Albert Nati invited me to Zimbabwe, I was really shocked to get the opposite of what I get from the international media about Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe wow. is such a beautiful country. Yeah, it is. It's incredibly you know, powerful. Kenya, Kenya was so safe for me when I went there, but I went there, you remember, during Ebola times mm. and... I went there last year during, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's so amazing why, how we hear different things from international media. While we miss the small positive things about a certain country. Mm. And that's sad. I mean, the media, the media have such a powerful position. And we need them, but it's also that they, I mean, they could change your mind or perception of a nation without even realizing it. But now you've also been, I mean, you've been at the tack of, of media on different occasions because of your, your controversy. Um, and one of the things, I mean, that's one of the things that, that when, when, when we first met and what, re- what re- resonated with me about you is that you just stand your ground when it comes to representing who you are. This is my body and so forth. But one of the most, um, pertinent articles that, that, that came out and, and it even got across the store, across to South Africa was the, was the letter that you, you, you had written to your president. Let's talk about that. Um, you know, there's something that my president says years, 30 years ago, and I wrote immediately about it because mm. I've always liked him as a person uh, before he became the president. But, you know, we could all predict that he's the son of the best president, so at one point mm. he's going to be a president. Always predicted that. So I wrote a poem about him years ago and think um, it and kept on developing it over the years. And last um, for the last years, he was... Um, addressing a, a conference, or should I say a political rally somewhere, and he said he was he, he was saying he wants women that are skinny, light-skinned, and tall. <laughs> and I was like, I need to have to respond to this, because mm. in Botswana generally, women are darker and shorter. That, and that's why I was, that's, that's I what was I was giggling. <laughs> <laughs> because I've, I've seen very, very few um, thin and, and, and light skin. It's all these gorgeous, voluptuous bodies and chocolate skin and so forth. So what is your that response is to that? Every, every, <laughs> that is why when people come to Botswana, they say, what have you realized about Botswana? They say, Botswana got beautiful women. Mm. Because we are very different from anywhere else in the world where women are tall and skinny. And, you know, we have our short, our clad, our chocolate women that are so beautiful. And mm. I'm like, a leader saying this, what are children going to believe? Yeah. You know, uh, is, is he trying to say that 
the black child of Botswana is supposed to to starve themselves, is supposed to um, bleach their skin. Mm. And that's going back to so how you were I, brought up about when, when family members would call you charcoal. You know what I mean? So it's still that sentiment that he's been carrying on for, for generation after generation. Say that again? I'm saying it's going back to, to what the story you were telling us about how family members called you charcoal as a child. Yes. And um, so, so what I was thought, the response? I thought that. I thought that I had to be very diplomatic in writing my poetry. So mm. then I wrote the poem about me, me wanting the president, mm. and because I'm short and stuff like that. What me I was trying to tell him is that the kind of women are beautiful in that, uh, in that way, and mm. um, they're not skinny, they're not light skinned, they're not tall, but they love you. Why? Because my father saved me from that type of mentality. Like I said earlier, if he could not. Say I shouldn't call such type of name. Who knows? Maybe I'll be one of the women who are actually fighting um, a battle of confidence and beauty right now. Mm. So I had to speak on behalf of those women, make it even more interesting and catchy by saying that I want to have his kiss and stuff like that. But I was driving a very important point home that Botswana women are as beautiful as any other woman in the world. Mm. And Botswana women are not light skinned, they are not tall, they are not, they're just our you know, height, yeah. medium height women. And also, it goes back to, 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 we just need to embrace with what God gave us. You know, so, and it's very worrying when somebody in that position is saying, well, you need to be thin and light, and it's like according to whose standards, you know, um, and especially exactly. if. Exactly, that is why. Mm. That is why I even moved um, to, to, to a different, a, a very different. Um, you remember that I was wearing um, um, a swimwear then when I did that poem. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. I had I had my big thighs and, and my big bums showing. Mm. And I was doing that for a reason because black women have been told to dress alone, skirts, hide their bodies because their bodies are ugly. Yeah. That's the whole idea. But it's very, you know, the, the underlying fact is that any woman in the world feels when they are naked or when they are wearing lingerie. Mm. Whether you are Indian, black, grey, Chinese, when you are putting on your sexy lingerie, you really feel as more beautiful because you want to be appreciated in your most natural way or natural form. Yeah. So I, I just went to a certain uh, level and most of the people didn't really read the poem unless until somebody published it in a certain newspaper. Mm. But most of the time, the critics were saying, she has fat thighs. She has a fat bum. She should not wear that that lingerie. You know, that's that's a disgrace. You know, because mm. you know we've been told that only light skinned and tall women or skinny women are the ones who are supposed to rock yeah. lingerie or underwear. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I had this discussion with somebody the other day and, you know, also growing up in South Africa, the 80s and 90s, it was all you needed, thin waistline, big blonde hair, that type of thing. And it took, it had to take mm-hmm. a white woman to change that. And if you look at, at how bodies have changed and what people are, are looking at it, I mean, if you look at the Kardashians and how they've made Big Bum sexy and, and we were, but wait a minute, <laughs> we're African. We've been rocking that yes. for a long time, you know. We're like, hey, what a, what a li- kind of liberation, you know what I mean? 
<laughs> but moving on to your 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 new um your new project, very hot poet for dinner, and you took some really beautiful pictures and very. You know, I, I'm not going to say the word risque because risque means that it's borderline something negative. But coming from a very conservative background and especially conservative country, um, those pictures you took were sending a clear message out. And of course, you would get your, your skeptics saying, okay, well, it's pornography. Um, and I remember getting into an argument with somebody saying, well, it's not pornography. Her legs aren't split open. It's not showing anything that's too, you know, it's just showing the beautiful curves that you have and so forth. What was the idea behind yeah. Berry Heart for Dinner? Oh, Berry Heart for Dinner is one of um, the projects. It's actually one of, it's actually my most um, expensive project so far. Mm-hmm. Because um, if you can realize, I was, I've featured very big artists in the country. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I used, the photography is amazing. And the people who did everything were professional mm-hmm. to a certain degree. And also, I, 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 I took my time to conceptualize the idea behind. Right. Well, my explanation to the picture itself, before I get to the song and the content, is I'm, I'm merely trying to communicate and take and expose the state of women in my country mm. or, in, or in most patriarchal society. The reason why I am sitting barely naked, although I'm not showing an explicit um, um, organ, mm. is because how women are, and I'm tied with a rope, and that rope is, a, is very symbolical mm. because it's not a chain. That, this, this was the, the rope that was used during slavery time. Right. That was the rope that was used to lynch black people around the world. Mm. And that is the very same rope that used to, to, to um, sentence people to death. Yeah. That rope is very, very significant in that picture. Yeah. And the reason why I'm naked and I have my hands um, tied with it is because I'm a woman in Botswana. I don't own my body. It's more like the society or the, the, the men own my body. And I'm helpless. Hence, why my eyes are looking up to heaven mm. for help. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's the whole idea behind Because women, in, women all around the world don't get raped because they are naked. Mm. Women get raped because they are women. That's the the, the bottom line. Yeah, it's, it's, a, pow- it's a power struggle. Yeah, yes, it, it, it's a power struggle. It has nothing to do with what you are wearing. I'm merely calling for the respect of women, with or without clothes, because we are not our clothes. We just want the respect beyond the clothes that we wear, because the eyes of the perpetrator they look at us beneath those clothes, through those clothes, the eyes. Eyes pierce through those clothes and they see us as naked. That is how we can look at. get mm. raped when you are wearing your jeans. It's so true. And and what what is what has the response been from that from from press, uh, negative and positive? No, it is it it, it is nearly the same. Some of the people were saying that um, I am fat. Mm. I should put on clothes. I'm a role model. What are children gonna say? Mm. You know, um, I should have looked for somebody thinner with a more beautiful body to do that. On what? you know what I mean? To do that. I, 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 I guess those are the people that fall into into the group of you need to be um, thin and light skinned. Yes, actually, <laughs> here in Botswana, being naked is not a problem, especially if you are 
doing lingerie, whatever. The only problem is when you have fat size and a big thumb like very hard. That is exactly what I'm trying to fight and I'm going to mm. win that battle. Mm. And where, 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 where do you plan to take it? I mean, what, what, what else? What other programs or anything surrounding Berry Heart for Dinner? What I mean, it's as you said, you've put in so much money and effort into this. It can't just be a photo shoot and and just be and, and just be a release. I mean, what what are your what are your projections for it? Actually, um, I've been sending the first job that I did was sending CDs all around the the country. Mm. I just sent some to to Kenya. Okay. I just sent some to Kenya, mm-hmm. and I'll be looking around to spend. I, and I, I really, I'm really, really looking forward, really, to to get that that um, single into South Africa. Yeah. And most importantly, because of that, and also the idea behind the photography, and also the music, because now I'm not doing in English. If you can understand. Mm. I, I hope you've got that. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm going to play. I'm going to play it to end off the show in a couple of minutes. But but I think that's also very important because um, culturally, uh, and I don't know, and I'm speaking for for um, mainly South Africa, is that for a long time people needed to to put their message across in English because it's the universal language. But I think it has a lot yeah. more stretch and a lot more depth if it's done in in your in your natural vernacular. Actually, I was I was I was last time when when you told me that when I talk of my grandmother or when I speak my mother tongue, mm. the resonance totally changes mm. because then you are talking naturality and you are talking from the heart. Yeah, it's passion-driven. Now, the exactly that is why of late people are saying, no, you should start using lots of your mother tongue in. in, in, in in, in, in your work, and I've done that because last last year at the International um, Story Mother Festival in Kenya, mm. I told one of my grandmother's stories to the audience. Mm. There was dead drop silence, pin drop silence, mm. and they, it was their favorite piece. They could not, they didn't know what I was saying, but they could feel a lot of richness in it. Mm. So then I started in, in, incorporating my mother tongue in, in all my production or in most of my production. Yeah. Well, it's very, very important. And um, CNN, I mean, that was absolutely beautiful, beautiful interview. And, and I'm going to, it should be on, on, on YouTube and I'm, I'm obviously going to post it from next week. But what op- what doors are you planning for? I, mean, I know doors are going to open from that interview because now you've been placed on the global stage on television. Um, what, what do you hope to achieve from that? I mean, where, where, do, where are we going to take Barry Hart to the brand? Um, I, I really wanted to, 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 to thank my, my, my agency, the Worker Management Agency. Mm. And not that I am competing with anybody there. I am just looking at, I'm so inspired by the best group of Pan-African artists mm. today. Mm. Although I'm smaller, to a certain extent, with age and both the profile, I am so inspired by by the people in the agency. You know, if they could go from point A to to to, to that, I think I can also make it. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I was like, this is where I really need to go. I need to store my wings and just fly like the rest of our team. Yeah. Yeah, you need you need you need, I, I you need to soar and be the queen that 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 you are and let people know. Exactly, and that interview was 
12 million. Mm. So we're very just three minutes in the world. I was very ill when we shot the interview. Mm. But you but see, but you, you're a true artist. You're a true professional because it didn't come across. You, know, you, you, you had a spark in your eye. It was beautiful. I was watching it like I was your mother. <laughs> I had a tear in my eye. It was, it was a beautiful interview. It really, really was. And I'm not just saying that because it's you. It was. And I was like, yeah, you've got, you've got something very special and the rest of the world needs to know it and see it. Absolutely. I, I, I'll take that compliment. <laughs> I was really ill. <laughs> my darling, we've run out of time, but um, quick, quick uh, post for, for your fans out there. Where to from now? Where, which, which countries are you going to be visiting up until the end of the year? Um, this year, I cancelled a lot of my trips. Uh, my trips, my tour, actually, my Europe tour, mm-hmm. because I'm uh, using my trip to India. I was supposed to go back to India in November. Yeah. Because um, I'm launching my lingerie line called for dinner. Okay. I realized that it's very important that I I have a lingerie line for people who are actually sicker. Absolutely. Um, to, to show to to show women that also they that uh, uh, women or sick women that um, they are they, they need to. To wear sexy stuff as well from time to time. Yeah. That is why I can't so much because now I have investors and investors are looking at me of how I'm pushing the brand right now. Yeah. Instead of me traveling, yes, I, I am traveling and performing to you know, but there's nothing that I can do because I'm launching on the 19th of December, which is on my birthday. The, yeah. the lingerie line is actually my 28th birthday present to myself. Yeah. And I thought, um, I should cancel all the trips. I'm only going to Kenya this year. Okay. You know, to, to, to work. Well, that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's good enough. So, you, I mean, uh, December is going to be quite an exciting month. And, of course, we'll push that um, just to let people know beforehand. And, and of course, pushing the, 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 the lingerie brand and, and who you are. And, you know, in the next five to ten years, it's very hard. It's going to be an international brand that, that's, you know, that it will, it will be coming off everyone's everyone's tongue because – you know, not only is it poetry, is it dance, but it's it's integrity. It's you stand by your word, you know, and, and also you've done that. You've done that in a country which hasn't allowed you to. So so I salute you and I take my hand off for you. And, and please don't stop because we need more more berry hearts like you. <laughs> but Barry, um, I'm also what I'm going to do is I'm going to put up um Child of My Mother, the poem on my Facebook page, which is Rosie Mutena, because it's also incredibly, incredibly powerful poem. And I didn't read it because it's very long, but I'm going to put that up and and keep us posted about what you're you're doing, where you're going. And thank you, my sister. Thank you so much, because you really, really are an inspiration. Thank you so much. Okay, take care. Thank you. Bye. That was the gorgeous Berry Hart, if you... I'm going to put up a gorgeous picture of her also. I mean, she's tiny. Um, she talks about this like big voluptuous thighs and legs and they're not, it's not big, you know, but, but she has a heart of gold. She lives by passion. And, you know, I want to see her grow to, 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 to greatest, to greater lengths because she really has done a lot in terms of changing laws and changing attitudes in terms of women and the girl child in Botswana. So for that, we salute her. We will see you next week, same time, same place. If you have any suggestions, critiques, what have you, as I said, I'm on Twitter, Princess RTM. I'm also on uh, Facebook, Instagram, under Rosie Motene. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you next week, same time, 3 to 4, and we're going to play out with Berry Hart's um, Berry Hart for dinner. Pan African Connect on cliffcentral.com.